golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going before the drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, your host, Holly G, along with the best caddy on the planet, Rich B., Hey, Rich, it's so good to be back. We've taken a little time off, and uh, hey, it's the Florida Swing here in the Sunshine State, and we're happy to be here in our new home at 740, and uh, it's good to see you, my friend. Hey, we did. We took a little time off, and uh, we're uh, back. Holly Gagan and Rich Bianco, bringing it uh, to you we live. Renew- we renewed our vows, you know, just oh, yeah. like all oh, good yeah. couples sure on the radio. You know, we're in drive time. There's poor people stuck on I-4 listening to this radio show. So, Holly, we better come up with something good. Well, then should I have renewed your contract? Yeah, my contract, uh, we didn't sign on the dotted line on that. But uh, we've been doing this show for quite a few years now, Holly. And I'm kind of proud of our body of work, let's say. Uh, yes, Rich. Um, I must say we have managed to zig and zag with each other. And a um, few more gray hairs on your head. I don't know about mine. Most of them have come from you, however. Uh, you know, uh, you can blame a lot of stuff on me, Holly, but uh, that ain't working right there. You know, we've been doing this in, in, in a lot of great fun, a lot of great times. Uh, you know, in, in Orlando is golf central. There's always something good going on in golf here in Orlando, and uh, we're always um, willing to listen if anybody's got a good golf story. Well, let's talk about the uh, big tournament over the weekend, the Accenture Match Play. Always fun to watch match play on television and a um, little disappointing with Tiger and Rory going out the first day. Your thoughts on that? Hey, Tiger, uh, you know, I don't know if it's the cold weather, maybe it, it was, was cold. cold. Yeah. There was a little snow on the ground. Now I know what the Rory's problem is. Rory's got a girlfriend is keeping him up late at night. He's got a new set of clubs. He's not real sure about, and uh, he's got a pocket load of money from uh, Nike. Uh, I think they did uh, a pretty nice contract for him. He's doing all right. And uh, what do you think about the change of equipment? You know, you're a pro. You still compete quite a bit. Is that a big deal? Yes, it is. That's the hardest thing to do is get a new set of sticks. And, you know, you're kind of used to the old. It's like a girlfriend, Ollie. You're used to the, uh, you know, the uh, the old pair of uh, golf clubs. And uh, all of a sudden they start doing things you weren't expecting them to do. Well, and that's when things get messed up. It was a, a great um, semifinal match between uh, Jason Day, Hunter Mahan, and, of course, uh, Matt Kuchar, uh, here, local boy, and Ian Poulter. I was a little surprised at Poulter's play on Saturday. Thought he would be the guy in the finals. What would you think? Well, he the, uh, he lost uh, two matches there on Sunday, right? Yeah, he unusual. He lost the early match and the uh, afternoon match. Which was condensed. They usually play 36 The consolation. Yeah. But uh, he is a feisty guy, you know, and anybody that watched the Ryder Cup knows he's the uh, spark plug that drives that uh, engine there for the Euros. And, uh, oh, that still hasn't sat well with me, the uh, Ryder Cup uh, collapse, 
every time I see something with Medina on it, I've got something to say. You know, does that collapse? Does that fold up, uh, That whatever it is? As you know, I was there, and it was really That's tough. That's what it was. That's what it was? Yeah, Holly the Cooler. You're the jinx. Oh. <laughs> Don't blame that one on me, buddy. <laughs> uh, I think um, some of uh, the pairings produced the doom, and I think maybe uh, our American team got a little um, little uh, complacent. Oh, whatever. That was just uh, that was just the hardest thing ever to watch. But watching the uh, finals on Sunday, those two golf swings are probably the new kind of uh, swings that we'll be seeing into the future. Hunter Mayhan's a little more uh, uh, upright and a little more uh, traditional. Matt Kuchar, you know, anybody that tries to emulate, Flat. yeah, anybody that tries to emulate that, you know, has got their work cut out. Uh, great golf swings to watch, and uh, they both. Uh, Held up very well under the pressure. It was fun, fun to watch. And um, congratulations, Matt Kuchar. That's a quite a victory right there. Big win, big win, especially on top of his um, uh, play at uh, TPC last year and the big win up there. So as always, we have our golf insiders from all around the country that we like to bring in. And uh, for our new listeners here at 740, we bring you the best uh, golf reporters who do the interviews out there on tour week to week. The best golf reporters. The best. The award-winning. Hey, we're media. Absolutely. But these guys, they get the big paychecks for a living, Rich B. So we're going to have a great lineup tonight. Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. Uh, Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel, who is one of our good friends and golf insiders, as well as uh, Jeff Shane from the Orlando Sentinel. So the Florida Swing starts this week at the Honda Classic down at PGA. I know you've played there before, Rich B. Yes, great golf course, and it'll be interesting to see. Now, uh, Rory will be the defending champion, correct? Yes, he is defending champion, and uh, we have Bob Herrig on the line calling in from the media center at, uh, at Palm Beach Gardens. Bob, are you with us? I'm with you. How are you? Hi, it's so good to hear your voice. I know you've been out there uh, beating, the, beating the streets, beating the fairways for a few weeks now. It's hard to believe we're eight weeks into the season already. It sure is. You're right. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, a, a busy two months, all American winners, uh, a lo- lots of interesting stories, uh, and lots of, uh, you know, controversial stories. Uh, going on in golf right now too uh in 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 addition to what's going on in uh, you know between the ropes well let's get right to it because we know um being that the tour has now come to florida the big focus is the anchor ban and i know you've done a lot of coverage uh on this on espn.com so it, tell us uh, where where things are right now yeah it's been a big big subject uh and, uh, you know, when, when it first came down at the end of November when the USGA and the RNA said they were proposing this anchoring ban, I mean, everybody kind of thought it was just a formality that they were granting this uh, comment period in which, in which uh, you know, they would take opinions on, on the issue. And then we figured, you know, okay, well, then, then we'll move on and they're going to they'll institute it and they'll put it in for good in 2016. And the only question was, Will they actually maybe put it in sooner? Would the tours put it in sooner? Because it's a long time to wait. But boy, there has been a lot of reaction on both sides ever since. Uh, you know, and a lot of people are really against the ban. Uh, and obviously, the PJ Tour just came out and said they don't 
like the idea of the ban. In fact, they're hoping that the USGA changes its mind. And there's that, uh, you know, there's that thing hovering out there. Well, would the PGA Tour actually institute its own rule if the USGA doesn't doesn't change its mind? And that would, of course, open a big can of worms. Um, I'm sure Rich could speak to it a little bit easier, but you know, the, the tours the tours have never gone against the rules of golf. I mean, all the things that they do differently that we see from week to week from time to time, like preferred lies or the embedded ball rule, all of those things are actually allowed for in the rules of golf. Uh, they're, they're allowed to enact them because they're local rules. This would not be that way. This would be a rule that the USGA and RNA set, and if the PGA Tour goes against it, they're in essence writing their own rules, which they've never done. So it's, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's got that intrigue about it in case that in case they were to decide to go that way. Were you surprised at Fincham's position on this, Bob, and the timing of it? Well, the timing was a surprise. Um, to do it during a tournament, a, a world golf event, you know, it's not just a PGA Tour event. It's also a European Tour event. Uh, to do it then I thought was interesting, but I'm not really surprised, you know, given what I've been hearing from other players and such. Uh about their stance. I think he's he's trying to go to bat for, you know, some of his star players. Let's be honest, three of the last five major winners have used an anchored putter, a belly putter. And I think he truly believes that it doesn't make that much of a difference. Um, you know, there's been a lot of evidence cited to say that it helps much. I mean, I think we could argue whether it does. Um, and I think those are all valid points. U.S. stance is more to do it. And, uh, you know, that has a lot of merit, too. And let's be honest, if a guy didn't need a belly or didn't need a belly putter, would he really want to use one? I mean, wouldn't we rather all putt the conventional way if you could? I think guys go to it because they think it helps them, you know? So I hear from people who say, well, if it's just a hand to one, so you could uh, you could take this in a lot of ways. You know, we had talked about this earlier with Shot Doctor, and uh, you know, it's it's kind of what you br- you're brought up with. I'm sure these kids were using these putters for years. You know, the younger guys like uh, Webb Simpson and uh, Keegan Bradley, they've been using this thing for years, and they probably didn't expect to hear uh, the USGA say, um, you know, go against this thing or uh, want to take it away from them. Uh, you know, it's one of those things probably would have never picked it up if they thought it was going to go down this road. You know, no and, 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 you know, no now question. that they let the cat out of the bag, uh, you know, I think, uh, it's a little too late. You know, uh, the, the thing that brought this thing to life really was George W. Bush back in the day putting with this thing. And, uh, everybody thought it was the greatest gimmick ever. And, uh, and nobody said it. he couldn't anchor. Uh, the, the president's not going to anchor a putter. You can't, well, you know, you know what I mean? This thing's been around for a while, Bob. So uh, you know, I don't know why they uh, all of a sudden want to go after it. There's been, there's, you know, various, um, uh, you know, various versions of anchored putting for 40 years, and it's a valid point that you up there. Uh, Only one time has the USGA really seriously looked at it. It was 1989. They decided to. They they actually looked at long putters. They didn't look at the anchored stroke. They looked at the putter, 
and they felt at the time that it was being used mostly by older players, especially senior players who were having back issues, what have you, and this helped them. Um, you know, obviously practice is a big part of putting, and if you're bent over so much uh, and you have a bad back, that might not be a good thing, but they just didn't see a lot of use of it. Well, now I think what's happened is, you know, you said the cat's out of the bag. What's happened, though, is they see those young guys you cited. They think it's a bad thing that guys are coming into the game starting off with this. You know, and they, they see this trend growing where more and more people are using it. Now, we could argue, well, what's the difference? Who cares? You know, there's all kinds of putters that are used, or excuse me, drivers and clubs that are used now that would have, were never used before. Everything evolves. But uh, for whatever reason, the governing bodies decided, hey, you know what? We're going to try to put a cap on this. We don't like, we think that, that there should be a free stroke. That the, uh, and, you know, that's actually what Tiger said today. I think, we, you know, we swing, all, we swing the other 13 clubs. You should have to swing the putter also. Uh, so, hey, you know, you get a wide, all kinds of different opinions on this topic. And it's, you know, based on the, the reaction I get, the emails, I mean, it's all over the place. It's, uh, it's, it's really interesting how this has gotten the attention that it has. And it's, it's become a much bigger deal than I think a lot of us realized that it would. We're talking to Bob Herrig from ESPN.com, and you're listening to the Golf Insiders. Speaking of that, the uh, reaction, Bob, you think a lot of that's come into play with, you know, just social media and how now, you know, the fans and the public are just more involved um, as, you know, beyond spectators but as participants in being a voice? I don't think there's any question. Uh, Keegan Bradley uh, was talking about, you know, he's the first guy to win a major with a belly putter, and he was talking about, you know, catching a lot of grief from people. People call him a cheater. He's basically said it's mostly on Twitter. And Most ridiculous comment ever. Yeah, of course. I mean, the, the bottom line is, now this is, one thing that hasn't helped is, you know, a guy like Ernie, who 18 months ago made the crack, as long as they'll um, let us cheat, I'll continue to use it. And he was against it, but he used it because it was legal. He was making a joke about cheating. Right. Well, you know, the bottom line is, is it is still in the rules of golf. It is allowed. It's always been allowed. It's just been proposed that it be banned, and it wouldn't be banned until 2016. You know, uh, you know, almost three years from now. Now, I, the tour could probably put in a rule in which it, they put it in force earlier. And frankly, if, if, if we get to that point, I think that would be a good idea. Because otherwise, we're going to just be talking about it for three more years. Are you, have, you, have you switched? Have you been practicing with the new one? Or, you know, with the, with, with the short putter, you know, for, for these guys who anchor? Um, one way or the other, though, I think they need to get it resolved. I, I don't think this is a great issue for the game, um, you know, for, for, for a long time. It's... Uh, uh, it, it's it's diverting attention from you know from the players. How much time we got, Holly? We got a minute. Sure, yeah. Hey, I got one question for you, uh, Bob. Okay, you know this is kind of off the cuff here, but uh, now uh, VJ Singh has kind of got a little spotlight on him with the deer antler spray, and everybody's looking where they can buy it. And uh, uh, I'm not sure if it's quite for sale here in Orlando, but you know if uh, if he if he's tested positive for drugs, I mean uh, now that's kind of a bigger issue, I think. 
Yeah, well, he actually didn't test positive. He admitted to taking a substance that appears to be on the banned substance list where there's a discrepancy is he claims that the deer antler spray that he took does not <laughs> contain the banned substance that's that's called IGF I guess it's IGF1 and that is like a like a growth hormone a, a healing thing sort of like HGH that is what's banned what not the deer antler spray but of course if that's in the deer antler spray then he can't take it apparently what's going on now and they've not said anything about it publicly or there's been very little information come out is they're actually having it tested and if it if it contains that stuff even though he didn't test positive for it he admitted taking it it's the same as failing a test and he would be subject to their sanctions which could be up to a year suspension um, i'd be surprised if he got a year uh, but um, the the interesting thing will be is what if the IGF-1 is not in the deer antler spray? Now, he took the deer antler spray even though two players have been warned that it could contain the substance. So I think you have to, you know, he has to suffer some penalty. He should have steered clear of it or he should have at least asked and had it tested. Ignorance is not a defense uh, in these matters. I use that a lot. And... Uh, you know, the, the the bottom line here is we're talking about a Hall of Famer, a three-time major winner, 34-time PGA Tour winner, who just turned 50. And, you know, it's just, it, it opens up the, the, the questions to as to whether or not, you know, he might have been doing something illicit all along. And that's what's sad about this. You know, it's, uh, uh, you know, nobody knows, obviously. He's never tested positive. They've had a policy in place since 2008. Of course, he hasn't won since 2008. So, yeah, that's a that's a very very sticky issue. Drug testing in golf has been controversial. Um, there's lots of uh, discussion about the transparency of the process. You know, they don't tell you anything. Everything's private. Uh, they only have to tell you anything if a guy tests positive. So, uh, and it's positive for a banned substance, not for recreational drugs. So, if a guy you know smoked marijuana, which is not allowed. But if you test positive for it, they're not going to tell us. The, the guy's going to get a suspension that's unannounced and the fine that's unannounced. And, you know, he, he might go away for a few weeks or a month or six weeks. And, and, and we, we won't know why, you know, because guys don't have to play every week. So, yeah, so that's another thing. That's what I was talking about. It's been a, it's been a hectic year uh, already with, with sort of off-the-course type uh, controversial stuff. Absolutely. Well, before we let you go, Bob, uh, we appreciate having you back on the Golf Insiders. We know that you've got to get back to work. Who's going to be your pick this weekend? I'm actually, and I thought of this before his comments, so it has nothing to do with what he said, but I like Keegan Bradley. Um, you know, he lives down here now, had a couple of good weeks earlier, lost in the first round last week. You know, I think he's got a little chip on his shoulder and ready to get back at it. He had that fire in his eyes in the press conference, no doubt about it. And, uh, He's a cheater. He's don't, cheating. Don't want to be messing with Keegan when he gets that, <laughs> that Irish uh, Irish ranker going. That's right. Absolutely. All right. Bob Herrick from ESPN.com calling in from the Honda. We appreciate it so much, Bob. And you can check him out on ESPN.com. He's everywhere. Thanks so much, Bob.
Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 740. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he shanked that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. Blues, struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, your host, Holly G., along with the best caddy on the planet, Rich B. That would be Rich Bianco, no Rich B, any other name. And, Richard, we're covering the Florida swing, kicking off at the Honda down in beautiful Palm Beach Gardens at PGA National. And our uh, sponsor of the Florida swing for the next month is going to be Barber Pole Putters. I know you've been checking out these putters. They are absolutely gorgeous precision putting instruments, I would say. You know what? I know you're going to turn me on to one of these putters, and you can find them on our website, Holly. You can find them on our website, thegolfinsiders.com. You can also go to barberpolegolf.com. These are 100% brass putters, Rich B, and they just have a feel like nothing else. Um, True roll. And you know it's all about true world, making the line, making those putts. So check it out. They're um, really fantastic putters, and we appreciate their sponsorship of the Florida Swing. Also, uh, Florida Golf Central Magazine, our friends over there, Terry Purdom, celebrating their 14th anniversary. And they're going to have a big party on March 18th at Errol Estates. Uh, it's going to be golf and some 19th hole festivities. We uh, love our friends over there. They do a great job of covering golf and Central Florida, so you can go to their Facebook page, Florida Golf Central, and find out more details. And um, speaking of great people in Orlando, one of our favorite golf insiders, now formerly with the Orlando Sentinel, which was a big shock to all of us, our good, good friend, Jeff Shane, on the line. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? Well, hey, that was quite a build up there, Holly. I think I heard some applause in there somewhere. Was that golf clapping going on? I'll tell you what, Jeff. <laughs> you know, we know you were the hardest working reporter out there for the Tribune papers, not just writing for the Orlando Sentinel, but just doing uh, so much good golf coverage. So fill us in on what you've been doing. Well, uh, I have uh, kind of uh, branched out uh, a little bit, not writing for, for one entity uh, of late, although uh, I do have uh, some regular features that appear on PGATour.com. I work a little bit in helping uh, get readers uh, prepared for whatever the uh, event of the week is, a uh, little feature on a, a specific hole on the course. Uh, I talked to the course superintendents and uh, they helped me out uh, in putting together in kind of a roadmap for what's been going on. Has it been a good growing season? Is it rough, spotty, that type of thing? Um, and uh, I'm also kind of their guy that bird dogs the web.com tour. And uh, uh, now that that uh, season has gotten underway uh, down in Latin America, I'm uh, starting to uh, – uh, do a little bit more work in, in writing columns and, uh, and and other production stuff for web.com tour coverage. So there's that, and uh, I also keep my hand in the PGA Tour uh, for Back Nine Network uh, as well, and their website, uh, backninenetwork.com, and that's uh, Back Nine with the numeral nine. 
followed by networks. Yes, they did quite a bit of coverage at the uh, PGA show of it, basically internet television, correct? Yeah, basically, basically. Although I understand that they are looking for a for a, a regular television outlet and uh, uh, be able to put uh, put their wares on, uh, you know, either satellite or, or regular cable. But uh, as we know, the Internet is, an, is a nice place to uh, be able to stream things uh, that you may not uh, be able to, to get up uh, on a, uh, you know, on, on a regular cable station. You know, uh, we we uh, have the PGA show. PGA of America has their, their show, their dog and pony show here at the convention center, the Orange County Convention Center. And I was at the back nine booth, Jeff. Uh, last year, and they had Flava Flav as their uh, their <laughs> one of their talking heads in the booth. Uh, what is it with Back Nine? I mean, these these guys are pretty colorful, uh, and they're not uh, shy to show uh, their color. No, you're definitely right about that, and it's a different approach. Uh, it's it's not Golf Channel. It's not meant to compete with Golf Channel. You know, Golf Channel it does, and and GolfChannel.com do an outstanding job of covering the professionals, covering the tours, you know, as well as doing the instruction and things like that. This is more lifestyle, golf lifestyle, golf fashion, and, and some, sometimes it's just, you know, you know, kind of your, your golf sitting around a few beers at the 19th hole and uh, swapping stories and, and telling tall tales. Well, they've got some uh, heavy hitters behind them. I know Clint Eastwood, I think, is one of the investors behind it, so... Uh, it seems like they've they've got some deep pockets, and uh, it's good. The more coverage, you the know, better, with, you know, with a lot is, of the print going away. It, uh, it is good to hear a little different uh, of, of view of uh, golf as well, because a steady stream of the same thing ends up to be uh, kind of boring. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, the more the more opinions you can get out there, um, you know, particularly if there there are people that that you you know that have been on the uh, been on the case for a while and 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 have been around you know whatever it is you know you know if if they're dealing with golf travel you know that they've been you know the type that you know that that play you know every week somewhere different or you know if you're covering the the tours you know that they've got you know a decade or so of tour experience and when you can get those you know a great place for those kind of opinions and and insights, then, uh, then the more the better. You know, you, you, it's just sometimes it's in, in today's, uh, you know, web and, and I suppose, you know, just journalism in general, sometimes uh, you have to either yell really loud to get heard or, or, you know, sometimes it's just tough to get heard, period. Yeah, you got to move the needle. you got to move the needle, little Holly. Well, uh, <laughs> we're talking to Jeff Shane, formerly with the Orlando Sentinel, now a PGATour.com correspondent. I'm looking at your piece uh, called First Look for the Honda Classic, Jeff. So let's get right into it. Um, tell us about the, the field and how it's going to shape up. Of course, we've got Tiger and Rory and, uh, you know, just a great field to start off the Florida swing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think once you get – once you get away from the majors, the World Golf Championships, uh, you know, the Players Championship, the FedEx Cup playoffs, once you set those dozen events aside, who has the best field on the PGA Tour among the regular events? Well, I think, I, I think it really comes down to, to two possibilities, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe three. One, one is Memorial with Jack Nicholas. One is Bay Hill 
where where Arnie always gets uh, you know fantastic field. I suppose you could throw Riviera in there as well. They had a very nice turnout uh, a couple weeks ago. But the Honda Classic is really you know kind of the fast riser among all of these. Um, you know Nicholas is involved in that one too, and certainly his presence has helped. But I think the biggest thing that has helped the Honda Classic, well, two things. One is that they finally ended their nomadic existence and settled down at PGA National, which we know was built for major championships. So it's a great course, and they got that date in between two World Golf Championships events. And so all those players that have come over from overseas to play in the match play and are waiting to play Doral next week, stay sharp. See if you can get a sponsor exemption into Honda. And the by doing that, they got Rory McIlroy before he joined the PGA Tour. They got Darren Clark for a number of years. They got Lee Westwood before he joined the PGA Tour. And it's really become a cosmopolitan, continental, you know, just really, you know, top-heavy lineup. And this year it's got 13 of the top 25, I believe. Not only in the, uh, in the world. Not only that, but um, quite a group of players that now call that area their home. Um, among, you know, uh, Lee Westwood now, Ian Poulter, and, uh, you know, some Americans like Keegan Bradley. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've long bragged that, you know, Orlando was kind of the, the epicenter of golf where all the pros were moving. You know, when Ernie Ells was coming over and Nick Price and David Ledbetter had set up his academy. And, you know, times change, circumstances change. And not that Orlando has really fallen that far down the hill, but the, you know, when we talk about fast risers as well, it's the Jupiter Palm Beach Gardens area. And, and it's not just Tiger moving to the area. You look at, at, at all the names that, that in the last three or four years have decided to call that place home. Dustin Johnson has a place there. Ricky Fowler moved there right after uh, he turned pro. Ernie Ells decided to settle in uh, Palm Beach Gardens uh, when he was looking for a place uh, where he could move and uh, and, and have a school to send his autistic son to. He settled on, on the Palm Beach area. You mentioned Lee Westwood deciding, if I'm going to take a real run at, at a major before things get too late, I need to leave snowy England and I need to move somewhere. He chose West Palm Beach. Rory McIlroy has a place there. Charles Schwartzel and Louis Westheisen, uh, I don't know if they're neighbors, but they live very close to each other uh, in the old Palm neighborhood in Palm Beach Gardens. And I'm just scratching the surface. <laughs> You're giving us a tour of homes here, Jeff. You know, and and <laughs> there's more than one reason. I think the tax advantages these guys are getting uh, are definitely worth their, uh, you know, the time and effort to just at least put up a residence here somehow, some way. Oh, you're you're absolutely right. Having no state tax. Uh, certainly is a part of that. Uh, you know, when when Phil Mickelson made his comments uh, a month or so ago that he kind of needed to get out of California, uh, you know, Tiger Woods came, you know, kind of came to his defense and saying, you know what, that's why I left California after I left Stanford. Is I went to I went to Isleworth because of the tax situation and uh, the international players have made Orlando a great place to come to because of the, the airport. You know that you can catch a great international flight out of OIA, and, and, and West Palm Beach's airport has you know become uh, a much bigger player, has expanded a little bit, and, uh, uh, and 
you know, and let, let's face it, you know, there are so many great places in Florida to live, and, you know, Jupiter and, and, and Palm Beach Gardens are as good as, you know, South Beach in Miami or, or you know, living on the water in Clearwater, places like that. Um, and the golf, you can't beat it. So let's talk about uh, the field and who you see maybe raising the trophy up in the winner's circle on Sunday. We've had an interesting start to the season. Uh, All-American here, um, Jeff, uh, from Dustin Johnson, our own Brian Gay here from Orlando winning the Humana uh, out in PGA West in La Quinta. Tiger Woods, of course, winning at Torrey Pines, Phil in um, Scottsdale, Brant Snedeker, and then Kuchar winning last week. So how do you see things shaping up for this tournament? Give us the scoop. Well, I will say this. I think that streak comes to an end this week. Um uh, because we've got so many more of the international players who may have, you know, started their season in Europe or, or might have played, you know, in Dubai or Abu Dhabi or something like that, but are now getting ready for this six-week stretch leading up to the Masters. Uh, you've got McElroy over here. You've got Westwood over here. Uh, you, you've got, uh, uh, you know, Padraig Harrington has come over. Not that he's a Florida guy necessarily, but he's in the mix. And, when you look at the list of past Honda winners, recent past Honda winners, you will notice that seven of the last eight winners of the Honda were from someplace overseas. And I think that's a, a big factor. And the guy that I'm looking at, I don't know if anybody else has picked him yet, but I think he, this is the guy that I've really been picking to, to have a breakout season. Not that he's not been a really solid player all along, but I'm talking in terms of finally maybe having multiple wins in a season and, and moving into the top five of the world rankings, and that's Justin Rose. Justin Rose. Great pick, and I think you're absolutely dead on because he is probably, uh, just as you said, ready for a, a breakout season uh, in the majors as well. Absolutely, and we saw that at the Ryder Cup. Everybody talks about you know, how Ian Poulter kind of pulled everybody along uh, and, and, and got them inspired and fired up at the Ryder Cup. But the other guy that really impressed me with his clutch performances over there uh, was Justin Rose. Absolutely. Down Phil Mickelson. Should be calling him Rocky Rose. Great springboard, yes. <laughs> yeah, he's Maybe. a great guy and a philanthropist as well. You know, he's a big supporter of the first tee, which we do at Hunter's Creek. Oh, that's that's great, and and uh, one of the other uh, charities that he supports out here is the Blessings in a Backpack program to uh, help uh, supply some meals to uh, underprivileged kids on the weekends when they're not in school. Well, it is going to be a, a great week and weekend for golf. Um, as we know, PGA National just uh, shines on television with that bear trap uh, series of holes between 15, 16, and 17, creates some great golf, and uh, Jeff, we appreciate you spending some time with us. It's good to hear your voice. We'll check you out on PGATour.com and look forward to having you uh, in the future on the Golf Insiders. I am always appreciate it, and uh, anytime you want to call, give me a shot. We will. Jeff Shane, thanks so much. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. We're back, the Golf Insiders. 
taking you home on the fairways of I-4, wrapping up an hour of Intelligent Golf Talk, Rich B. Hey, was that Arnold Palmer just uh, talking about uh, how great you are and ta- <laughs> teaching you how to play various instruments? He was talking about our next guest, the one, the only, Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel, on the line from the Honda Classic. Hey, Todd. Hey, guys. How are you? We are great, and it's uh, good to be back and hear you on the radio with us. Tell yeah, us what's happening up. down there. You've been all over the Golf Channel, so give <laughs> us the scoop. Well, where should we start? Uh, I know. we got five minutes. Unfortunately, we could have you on for the whole hour. Well, let's see. Roy McIlroy has yet to break 75 so far in 2013 uh, using Nike equipment, and uh, he has yet to play the weekend in a competitive tournament. And he comes here as the defending champion. I think his game is getting better, though. I, I look for Rory not only to make the cup, but, yeah, I think he's going to be in the mix come Sunday. Uh, Tiger comes here to this event. He lives, obviously, in Palm Beach County, um, as does Rory, by the way. That's his American home here. Um, with, I think he's playing pretty well, too. He's already got a victory under his belt. He played well in the opening round of the WGC Accenture match play. He just ran into a hot golfer in Charles Howell III. Uh, so those two guys are the headliners. Uh, you've got this anchoring band that's still looming out there. Players are waffling, trying to figure out who, where this is going to go. Is indeed this going to be banned from uh, the game of golf, especially the PGA Tour? You know, Keegan Bradley's one with a, an anchor putter. Webb Simpson's one with an anchor putter. Ernie Els is one with an anchor putter. So that's going on, too. Um, so, I mean, it's a very... There, and let's not even mention deer antler spray with VJ. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we went there earlier in the hour, so yeah. It, There's lots of stuff going on. Never have we had controversy with such a capital C this early in the season. Um, so let's looking at the, the tournament over the weekend, of course, uh, Matt Kuchar coming out on top. Uh, how do you think his chances are? He loves playing in Florida. Well, uh, I just want to talk about Matt Kuchar, the player, and what that victory has done. He won the players last year, and now he's won a WGC event. I mean, I think um, Matt is definitely elevating himself in the group of great American players. And I want to say that this has been, so far, a great year for American golf. I mean, let's be honest. The Europeans have really kind of dominated the game over the last few years. Roy McIlroy, Luke Donald, Lee Westwood, Martin Keimer, just to name a few. Um, all of those guys, by the way, have held the number one ranking in the world. But an American has won every PGA Tour event this year. We've seen Brand Snedeker emerge not only from winning the Tour Championship, but also playing beautifully to start the year. Matt he Kuchar is hot, now. that guy. He, yep. And so, I mean, I think American golf is starting to rise really, really well. I'm very impressed with what's going on. Well, I'll tell you, Rich B came in here still fuming about the Ryder Cup. You know, we've been uh, off the air for a few weeks here as we're taking a little vacation, and he's still fuming about the Ryder Cup. So maybe these guys are, you know, ratcheting it up a notch uh, against the Euros. Well, I mean, I, I just think that I just think that these 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 young players who, who were young players and now mostly in their thirties are, are start to, starting to round into form a bit. I mean, it was just a little bit of a down period for American golf. And all credit to the Europeans, too. I mean, they played beautifully. I mean, Roy McIlroy is a talent that, you know, comes around, you know, not very often. Um, and, and by the way, people who are down on him need to pump the brakes. He's got too much talent 
he will bounce back. And so Absolutely. I, I think I think this is going to be another great year in the game. How about a little bounce back from Phil? If anybody thought you know he he might be fading with uh, that great play at the waste management. Well, that is true. He did play beautifully there. Uh, the only thing is that he's just so inconsistent, and that's that's a concern for Phil. Um, you know, one week he could not play well. He could you know maybe make the cut but not contend. Some, then there's a moment when he doesn't make the cut, and then the next thing you know, he's not only in contention but winning. Uh, he, he's got a lot of peaks and valleys in his game right now. He needs to find some consistency because he obviously wants to get to Augusta as he makes his run to Augusta. And we'll see him next week at Doral, the WGC Cadillac Championship. He wants to make a positive run, build some momentum where he's peaking at the right time when he drives down Magnolia Lane. Do you sense that any of that has to do with, you know, the physical conditions he's fighting now, Todd, or is it just really just the game? I think that Phil, Phil, Phil's interesting in the fact that Phil, when he gets on the tee, he wants to hit it as far as he can. And he is obviously concerned about hitting the fairway, but um, he loves the way he plays with his iron so much. If he misses the fairway, he feels like no big deal. His iron play will get him on the green. As long as he's making putts, he's going to contend. Um, I, I I think that that I don't know if that's the proper method right now, given his age, you know, and you know, not just I think he's swinging a bit too hard at times. That's just my personal opinion. Um, I think if he just you know softens his, his, his swing a bit and try to concern himself more with accuracy than power, then I think he'd play better. But you know, I, that's just my observation. I've heard some other guys who are very knowledgeable in the game say the very same thing, but. But I will say that week he won at waste management. He he had a great driver. His misses didn't leave the hole or sometimes the golf course as they have done in the past. So he kept the ball in play, and that's the big key for for Phil Mickelson. If he's strong off the tee, he's usually very very good in tournament action. What's the buzz about where Tiger's game is at right now? Well, I, you know, like I said, I think I think Tiger. I was Tiger spoke today. Had a little chance to chat with him, and I watched him play the pro am round. He. I, a year ago, when he was playing the practice rounds out here, I saw him doing some rehearsals. It looked like he was struggling with his swing. Today, I didn't see that. Um, he was, you know, very comfortable in his swing. Um, looked like he was having a good time with his playing partners and some other people. So I, I feel like Tiger is very confident in his game right now. I like to, uh, whenever he plays, generally, statistically and sleeps in his own bed, as he did in Orlando a lot. I mean, look what he did at Bay Hill, look what he did at Disney. He usually has had some success. So I look him to be in the mix, for him to be in the mix here on Sunday. Now, our very own Orlandoite, Brian Gay, won out at PGA West. Now, he's a multiple winner. What do you think it's going to take Brian to get to that next level? Well, just continued growth. I mean, I mean there are some courses that, that – are are not great for Brian. You know, the bigger courses um, are are not great for him. Although he has been working with Grant Wade, who's based in Isleworth, um, and he has added some links uh, off the tee. But where he what he lacks in power, he makes up with on the greens. He's a great putter, nice short game, good iron play. Um, he's just consistent. He rarely makes mistakes. Um, but I think he's better when he has an, a seven. Iron approach in or shorter, you know. Anytime you hit a full iron into a green, it's kind of hard. Um, but yeah, you know, I think yeah, you know, he's, he's got the win early in the season, and that could be a momentum builder as he moves forward in 2013. 
Sometimes the wind can play a factor down there, especially with the bear trap, those three holes, and those two par threes. What's it? What's the weather looking like, and who do you think is going to be the guy holding up the trophy? Well, I, I'm going to tell you, I would expect a very low score tomorrow. There's been rain today. There was rain yesterday. This course is soft. Traditionally, it plays fast and firm. And I don't, the wind is not going to be as big a factor tomorrow. So Thursday, I would not be surprised to see a 63, maybe a 62 out there. Um, so we could see a really low number tomorrow. But as the weekend moves forward, the, the rain is not generally in the forecast. It'll be a little cooler. The winds are scheduled to pick up a bit. And your pick? And your pick before we go off the air, Todd Lewis? I like Louis Usaisen to win this one. Ooh, Usaisen. All right. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. We appreciate you spending time with us on the Golf Insiders, and we appreciate all our listeners here at 740 The Game. Check us out, thegolfinsiders.com. We will be back next week.